Welcome to the Bad Podcast. The podcast about three Asian dudes from the Bay. Who only want one thing. Real, Real talk. talk. All right. Welcome back to the Bad Podcast. It's episode 10 and our season one finale. Man, I can't believe we've actually made it 10 episodes. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, yeah, establishing that rhythm was kind of hard, huh? You're not going to lie. You're not going to talk about season zero? Oh, season zero. Yeah. So Pre-season. for those who didn't know, we actually started it. We did a whole season in 2020, threw the whole thing away and then started over. So here we are. I mean, I don't think we really threw it away, to be honest. Yeah, I think it was a good stepping stone. Yeah. It's a labor of love for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So we want to thank you all for tuning in and continuing to listen to us bad boys talk about our life here in the Bay. We've talked about everything from growing up in an Asian bubble, fashion, identity, social media pressure, and careers. But I wanted to end the season with something a little more fun. As we're super close to getting the world back to normal, I've been reminiscing on all the fun things we used to do in the city, specifically all the drinking we used to do. Now, <laughs> to be honest, my tolerance is probably trash, especially now. But I wanted to talk to you guys about some of the bigger, bigger drinking holidays, events, and parties in the Bay, and just talk about some of the fun things that happen around here. To take a different spin on our episode, I'm actually going to go through the calendar year and talk about some of the events in order. While I name these events off, I would love to hear your stories and for you guys to share some tidbits with our listeners if they're ever in town for any of these events. So to kick this episode off in usual fashion, I do want to start with the question of the day. But before I do that, I want to really quickly cheers to the boys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. The question of the day is, what is your favorite bar in San Francisco? Mine would probably, I don't know, it's kind of like a toss-up, man. I really like Bao Bao for some reason. It, there's, there's like no reason why I should like it because it's like super divey. It's like in Chinatown. I don't even like live near Chinatown. <laughs> I don't know. Usually when I go, it's like you have like these people, like these tech employees. Or at the time I was working in tech, but you have these tech employees and then you have like these like old Chinese people right. playing dice or like the liar's dice. But I don't know. It's kind of like that weird environment that was just really fun. Oh, and they got karaoke. Oh, oh damn. Really? Holy crap. I've never, I've, so I've heard of Bao Bao, but I haven't actually been, but that's tight. Same. I didn't realize they had karaoke. It's not, it's not like great karaoke. It's literally like, you know, oh, like you know, open my karaoke, open my karaoke. Fuck it's like, that. A, it's, it's actually pretty fun. Well, there is fun. Cause it's like super small. I don't know. You kind of have to check it out. It's always the video game bars for me, man. I'm, I'm like the video game guy at first. Like my very first knee jerk reaction was Emporium just because it has like a bunch of really old games. And it kind of makes me wonder like how they go about staying in business because like when people get drunk, they get really rough with the games, right? right. But like finding parts for those really old games, like how the hell do they do that? You know what I mean? And, and, and keep that in business. But after I thought about it a little more, by far, by far my favorite bar is uh, Soda Papinski's. Oh. Soda Papinski's. <laughs> yeah, spin the wheel. Spin the wheel that always so makes bad. me a good time. <laughs> so bad. So I don't know if, if people know, but Soda Papinski is the name of a, of a boxer knockout in uh, Super NES, or no, sorry, the NES. Yeah. Uh, it, it, do you know the character's original name? This is not a bad break, but do you know what the character's like original name was before they changed it? Because apparently it was like too racist and that's why they changed it to Soda Papinski. But oh, it was like the Russian that. fighter in, in knockout. Vladimir. Oh, his original name was Vodka Dr- Drunkensky. <laughs> what? His original name was Vodka oh, Drunkensky, and they were just like, yeah, that might be too on the nose, so let's go ahead and change it to Soda Papinski. Wow, I never knew that. I like yeah. Soda Papinski's more. Yeah, so for, those who, for those who don't know, San Francisco has a bar called Soda Papinski's off Polk Street that has a, a spin the wheel, uh, and you can get everything from a Das Boot of Moscow Mule 
a bottle of champagne or some gross ass shots. So I never win anything good. I and win. neither do I. Daniel's the only one who wins good shit. He won, he's won all the good <laughs> shit. He won the bottle of champagne and then the Moscow mule. Yeah. And, I've only yeah. won like, what is it? Pickle something. Oh, anything with a pickle pickleback back. or like anything that, cur- <laughs> anything that curls is pretty much yeah. anything I get. Just, it's like, I'm good, man. Someone else can have this. You <laughs> random guy. Uh, what's the speakeasy on market? Yeah, local edition. Good local, local edition. edition. Yeah, God dang it. So I think I think there are two spots in San Francisco to me that are like that are closer for my favorite. Local edition is probably one of my favorite like cocktail bars. It's a cool underground spot. It's supposed to be like a speakeasy. It's impossible to find parking, so don't even try to do that. But they have great drinks, really cool cocktails, and the bartenders there actually know what they're doing. Downside is that it's expensive as fuck. Yeah, so definitely come sure. prepared to spend some serious money. Now on the polar opposite end of that, if you want a place that's chill, divey, very San Francisco, has great food and cheap drinks, Tempest is my favorite. Oh, yeah. Spot. Oh, I can't believe I didn't say that. I actually yeah. do really like Tempest too. Tempest is dope. Like- so for those that know, no, it's it's in the south of Market of Soma district. You can literally get a PBR and a shot of Jim Beam all for like seven dollars. Yeah. It's it's great because then like they don't really have a restaurant inside. Right. The food comes from a pop up. I don't know. It's just like a window. It's like a window outside, and then you just take that food and go in. And it's hella funny because me and my old coworkers used to go in during working hours, and then only people that that were there are like few bike messengers and like a couple degenerates. And just yeah, me and the coworkers. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I love that spot. Such a dope spot. So cool. So if you guys are ever in town, make sure to check out yeah either Emporium. Tempest local edition or uh, you don't have to check out Bao Bao man oh Bao Bao and Bao Bao, Bao no definitely check out Bao Bao right, if, you go to, if you go to if you go to Bao Bao make it like the end of the night like this is the last stop type of thing they have Mai Tais though don't they I don't know yeah, yeah. it's a dope spot <laughs> oh and then you can meet Molly Candy she's cool thanks guys for sharing your favorite bars now I'm gonna go through each month of the year and actually name off a few events I just want to hear your reactions some of your stories or if you have any thoughts on each one so let's go through it you ready for the calendar year Ready, you ready. Let's do it. So January, I know New Year's is probably the most typical thing you can say in New Year's, but I think one of the most unique things in San Francisco is SF Restaurant Week that happens in January. So for those that don't know, SF Restaurant Week is a week in San Francisco where you can actually pre-buy tickets as cheap as $10 for lunch and as expensive as $60 for dinner. You can actually try some of the most expensive and some of the coolest restaurants in San Francisco and get kind of like a pre-fix menu and get a little, get a little slice of everything. So I've never actually done it. But I've always wanted to check it out because you, you couldn't afford really expensive restaurants for a really cheap price. Have you guys ever gotten a chance to check it out? No. I've always wanted to. But yeah, I just never got around to it. I was just like, too lazy. For me, it's less lazy. More along the lines of just like food isn't like a huge interest of mine. Like I can definitely appreciate good food, but I'm not going to go like out of my way to like try the newest restaurants. Daniel's our resident non-foodie. <laughs> food is definitely not life for him. You either live to eat or you eat to live. I am definitely the eat to live kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> to take a step back away from SF Restaurant Week is something that is unique to San Francisco. When we're talking about New Year's, what are some big New Year's things to do in the city? Party at my friend's house. Yeah, it's probably probably the best way to go. <laughs> Our friend does throw the best parties. <laughs> so if you're ever in San Francisco in New Year's Eve and you want to check out a fireworks show, the spot to actually check it out would be near the ferry building along the Embarcadero. There's a great fireworks show. I used to live near there. They always set off the fireworks right at, at midnight. Be warned though, if it is foggy, which it typically is in San Francisco, you may not see a lot. So you might probably be better off going to a house party. Yeah, I've actually never, wow, I'm really bad. But yeah, I've never 
gone to see the fireworks ever. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things, right? New Year's is definitely one of those things where it's like, it's a hyped up holiday that's supposed to be fun. But honestly, it's more fun just to drink at your friend's house, celebrate the new year than trying to spend a hundred dollars at a quote unquote open bar at some black tie event that has one bartender. Yeah. I will say like there was, there was a time that I'm vaguely remembering where we spent new years in the Castro and that was like hella cool because like drinks are really cheap and like the vibe is like everyone wants to have a good time. And we went with, we went with like a bunch of friends kind of thing, but it wasn't like a, what were you describing as? It wasn't like a, a black and tie. Black tie. tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you pay a hundred bucks for like an all yeah. drink thing. And yeah, exactly. It, it didn't really feel like a, like a black tie or, or anything kind of like special like that. It just felt like another party day, I suppose. And, but Doug, to your point about fireworks, like it always just gets super crowded over there. You know what I mean? And there's like no parking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like even to go out there and watch it, it's like, you watch it for a little bit. It might be foggy. Parking sucks. Trying to get out of there sucks. So it's one of those overhyped things, I feel. Yeah, I heard people would go to the, the W. I've never oh. gone there. I, I feel like that that would be a black tie event. Yeah. The place but, is closed now, right? I think so, yeah. They actually closed because oh. of the pandemic. Scratch what I just said. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's a good history of the city. Cool. Let's move into February. Now, February, most people are probably thinking Valentine's Day. We can take your boo out, do all that kind of cutesy stuff. And of course, that exists in the city. But I do want to talk about Chinese New Year. So Chinese New Year is obviously big in San Francisco because of the huge Chinese population and Asian population in the city. In fact, Chinese New Year is really big because SF Chinatown is actually the oldest Chinatown in North America, being established since 1848. And since 1958, there's been a Chinese New Year parade that's been under the direction of the Chinese Chamber of Commerce and has been throughout the city since then. Interesting. I hella would have thought that like New York would have had yeah. the oldest Chinatown. I was going to say that too. If you think about the geography, right? Though New York is an oldest city in San Francisco, Chinese population really came to the United States during the gold rush. Hmm. That makes um, sense. Came through Angel Island, which is right hmm. off the coast of the West Coast. And I'm sure all you guys know, it's it's shorter flight from China to the West Coast than it is to the East Coast. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't think most of them flew though. <laughs> right. I mean, well, <laughs> boat, hence. Boat. But it is cool. Have you guys ever seen the Chinatown Parade? I've never seen the Chinatown Parade, but I've definitely gone down to Chinatown during uh, like Chinese New Year's. At the time, like my parents would, because they work for like the city or the government. So they would, whichever like company that they were working with at the time, they would have a booth out there. So I just kind of go down and visit them and stuff like that. I personally don't have like a very dedicated history with the Chinese New Year Parade, but like I know a little bit about it because the elementary school that I went to, always participates in the in the parade but i never myself never performed in it and so my elementary school would get a bunch of kids in the in the chinese program and and when i say chinese program there's not like just chinese kids in that program but they're you know they're trying to integrate other races in to learn chinese at a, at a young age right that's awesome and so they would they would get a lot of students that are in the program and for those that want to participate they would practice like fan dancing and ribbon dancing and go perform in the Chinese New Year Parade. And so actually my sister did it um, when, she, when she eventually went to the same elementary school that I went to. And I think that might have been the only time that I went down to the Chinese New Year Parade just to go watch her. But what I really like about the Chinese New Year Parade is that it, it encourages like a lot of community, right? A lot of yeah. a lot of organizations from around the city go to like advertise, you know, themselves and, and, the, and the culture and everything like that. But it has in recent years also kind of turned into a bigger corporation kind of thing. And so oh, yeah. you know, you, you get you get a lot of like airlines going just to get their name out there and, and banks and stuff like that. And so while it is still fun and encourages exposure to the to the Asian community, there is a little bit of monetization behind it now. Yeah. I think if you if you're ever in the city, I think it's cool, kind of cool to check out. You know, one yeah. for like to see like the traditions to like ward off the evil spirits of right. like of of your business establishment i think it's, it's kind of cool just to kind of see that 
For sure. I think you just, if you're walking through that area, especially around New Year's time, you're going to hear a lot of firecrackers. It's going to be a lot yeah. of lion dancing. It's pretty tight just because there, there's a lot of those businesses continue to upkeep a lot of the old school traditions, which I love. Let's move right along into March. So the big holiday in March drinking wise is St. Patrick's Day, but I don't think there's a really big Irish, please someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a really big holiday around St. Patrick's Day, at least in San Francisco. There are a bunch of Irish pubs. Big ones are like Kate O'Brien's and Soma, the Irish Bank, Murphy's, etc. And there is a pub crawl you can do on St. Patrick's Day. However, I have not found it to be a big tradition here in the San Francisco Bay Area. What do you guys think? Big tradition with my family. Is it really? Yeah, for some reason. Every uh, St. Patrick's Day, my immediate family and my cousins will all always have like corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes. What? I have That's no idea. So That's kinda, yeah, it's kind of rad. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, and it's actually one of the holidays that I look forward to because I really like corned beef. Yeah, I, like, I have no idea how it started, but then all my cousins <laughs> really like corned beef. Uh, I like corned beef. Corned beef is dope. Yeah. So I don't think it's big, but it's big in my family. Yeah, I personally have not experienced a lot of huge um, festivities around St. Patrick's Day in the city. Probably the only memorable thing was one year we decided to go to Yancey's for uh, mm. for St. Patrick's Day, Yancey's Saloon. And it was pretty cool because uh, they greened everything out and like the beer was green and stuff like that. But it didn't feel like as festive as like something in New York might feel, you know? Right, right. Absolutely. Cool. Let's move it right along out of winter and into spring into april now april is obviously famous for easter but that's not really a drinking holiday so let's get into something that's a little more fun could be could be a shot if, inside each egg oh my god we should do that uh, do that. like a like a easter shot chocolate or like a like a mini shot you know, like future a, doug will think about it yeah someone should come <laughs> up with a, a an adult easter egg hunt that involves just like mini shots and, and eggs someone monetize that though the only drawback is that all the shots will probably be really warm Okay, how about this? We could, in, so inside each little egg, yeah. there's a little certificate. Uh. Each certificate, you get to give to somebody and they have to take whatever it is. <laughs> oh, but each ticket is like different. Denom- it's like one could be like, take 10 shots. 10 we shots, to, damn. You have to hide a golden ticket yeah, inside yeah. one of the eggs to encourage people to buy so they can get the golden ticket, which we'll figure <laughs> out the reward later. I, I really want to touch on in April is that April is typically when Coachella is here in California. So for those that don't know, Coachella is a large music festival that happens in Southern California, near Palm Springs in Indio. That is probably the kickoff, I would say, of festival season uh, every year. What's interesting about this is that the amount of people that go to Coachella from the Bay Area, I I don't know the exact number, but I'm just going to go ahead and say a metric fuck ton. So with that in mind, I always feel like the city clears out during Coachella. What do you guys think? Before we get into that, I kind of have a question. Do you guys think that Coachella, like the Coachella demographic, is more from NorCal or more from SoCal? There's definitely a lot of people from NorCal that go, but I'm still going to say predominantly SoCal. Yeah, I would actually yeah, say that too. Because I feel like it's just ease. Because like It's like us, a two-hour drive for them. Yeah. yeah, true, true. I feel like I would be way more inclined to, to do the camping experience if I was from SoCal. Lies, dude. You Okay, you're you're cleanly ass. There's no way in hell you're doing camping. I know you. <laughs> really? Yeah, Doug, guess, Doug's dirty as fuck, so he's for the, sure. Camp. I feel like it would all be good, minus just like the shower part. Just right? no shower. Um, but I always feel like the city clears out in April because of Coachella too. The, the couple of years that I haven't gone, I always feel like all of a sudden that weekend's super clear. You can get res- reservations at like all the best restaurants. It's fantastic. I actually haven't really noticed that maybe because I'm always at Coachella. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what, what all the crowd? Yeah. So yeah, for those, if you're, if you're visiting the city during Coachella, you may be able to get better reservations. So just know that, just keep that oh, in mind. Actually, yeah, that's, that's a good tip. 
do you guys feel like Coachella is like like more on the bougie end and less on the festival end? If that makes sense, I don't know if that like, makes sense. I feel like it's become that because yeah, of I feel like it's growing that way. Because I feel like now with all the like you have all these influencers who are like they're not camping. Right. Okay. I mean, I haven't gone camping, but I've always wanted to go camping, but no one else wants to go camping. Yeah. But anyways, but you have like all these that are out there for the gram, out there for, for the yeah, cloud and, and stuff like and that. And every, every year they also, like all the big influencers get involved, get invited to like a Revolve party. I don't know what Revolve, Revolve is, but the only reason I know is because my wife watches a bunch of vloggers and they all get invited to this huge party where they all just show up. No one eats anything because they have to say skinny, but they just take like a million photos for the gram and vlog the whole thing because views on YouTube. You know what I mean? If either of you guys were thinking, oh, I would go there and eat everything, that's why we're not invited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's like, I feel like, but I feel like the food would be like hella good. I yeah. bet the food would be lit. For sure. And it's like, you go grab like a little sandwich and they're like, ugh, remember that guy, not invited. Yeah. And if I was allegedly drunk off my ass, I'd be eating everything there. <laughs> All right, well, we can move past April into, I would say, where things start to really get exciting in the city. So there are two unique things in the Bay Area specifically that I wanted to touch on in May. So one is Bay Two Breakers. So Bay to Breakers is actually a race. And for those listening, it may not sound super fun, but I promise it'll get there. On the third Sunday of every May, there's a seven mile race that starts inside the Bay near the Embarcadero and ends next to the ocean where the breakers crash onto Ocean Beach, hence Bay to Breakers. For those that don't know, San Francisco itself, the city is seven miles by seven miles. So that's why it's a seven mile race from the bay to the break. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is that even though it is not quite a 10K, a little bit longer than that, and it is a race that starts early in the morning, it's followed by a seven mile drinking parade. Fun fact, a lot of people like to dress up and that's what makes beta breakers unique. People like to dress up in costumes and walk the same path that most runners run, but just drink the entire way. Wait, so the seven miles of drinking is after the seven mile race? Correct. Because okay, could you imagine as a as like a runner, if you're trying to like weave in between drunk ass people like walking down the same path that you're running, it'd be such a pain. I mean, I, I always thought it was like I thought it was just, exactly like that, actually. <laughs> I thought I thought it was like whatever that race was. Yeah. And then like obviously all the runners go by and yeah. then all the people who are drinking just join up after. Uh-huh. Exactly. Join like, up after. But not not like at mile eight, mile seven, that's what I meant. Right. So most I would say most of the drinking probably happens in the middle of the city where yeah. it's like still in the city. Cause once you start to head out towards the ocean, it's like, well, what are we doing out here? <laughs> right. So a lot of people I think <laughs> tend tend to stay. I think specifically uh like the Haight Ashbury area gets really, really popping, right? Yeah. Like right near like the little park between Oak and Fell. Yeah. I think that's definitely where I think a lot of the, the partying happens. Daniel, did you know there was a lot of drinking? Because in high school, I didn't know there was a lot of drinking. Yeah, in high because, school, I didn't know that either. Because like, Are you innocents? Because no, because we would like volunteer. Mm. I, I've never volunteered for uh, it. Like so I, I, I would volunteer from yeah. word of mouth. So we would like volunteer. But then obviously like most of us would like wrap up before it all ends. But it is funny though, because there is nudity at Beta Breakers. There's nudity in San Francisco, period. <laughs> <laughs> Any given like, park. And it's like, I was for sure a high school student when, <laughs> when I saw just you know, a lot of flopping things. A lot of salami flopping around. <laughs> what? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then now that I think about it, I was just like, it's a little sus. No, <laughs> a little sus. It's a very San Francisco experience. Yeah, that's where sure. the public uh, gets a little in the gray area with reality. <laughs> yeah, if you've, if you've lived in San Francisco and not seen at least one naked man, you haven't been outside enough. Speaking of other events in May in the Bay Area, we're going to go a little bit north for here for a second, but Bottle Rock is actually a three-day music festival that happens in Napa, California. Headlines have actually ranged anywhere from Bruno Mars to Imagine Dragons, and it's great if you're super into wine and live music. 
I know it's not a really well-known festival, but they do have some serious headliners. I've never been to a Bottle Rock. Yeah, I've, I've never gone to But I would hella be down to go to one. Have you guys heard you of Bottle Rock? I've heard of Bottle yeah, Rock. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're really into wine and live music, you should definitely come check out Bottle Rock. It's here in Napa, always in May. So come check it out. You know which one I've always wanted to go to? What's that? Stagecoach. Stagecoach is uh, the country festival after Coachella, correct? Yeah. Same stages, same every not uh, stages, but same place. Yeah. You guys down? I'm hella down. I wanna I'm always down to some listen to some uh, Dan and Shay and some Luke Bryan. Are you though? I'll buy cowboy boots. I'm ready. Yeah, cowboy boots when I was younger. I heard Diplo uh, played at one stagecoach once upon a time. He just like stayed from after Coachella. <laughs> yeah. So last month I want to touch on uh, before we get into our bad break is June. Now June is definitely a fun time in the city, specifically because of Pride. So Pride Festival happens and the Pride Parade happens in June in the last weekend of June. For those that don't know, the Castro District of San Francisco is famously the area for the LGBTQ community. And it's super, super fun during June. The pink party specifically is on the Saturday before the pride parade, which is on Sunday always. And the pink party in the Castro is probably some of the craziest partying I've done in the streets. Dude, <laughs> this list that you have going, number one is great. Number two <laughs> is making me feel like I'm living half a life because I haven't done actually a lot of these things. Yeah. And I feel like once once these things start coming back after we're allowed to um, get a little closer, dude, I hella want to try some of these things, but I've never been to a pride. Things. You've never been to a pride? Dude, yeah. I've went to Pride, but I don't remember going to Pride. <laughs> that That's makes the best. sense. That means you had a good time. Exactly. I mean, I know that I went, but yeah, yeah. And so for those, <laughs> again, as a reminder for everyone, the Pride Parade itself starts on Sunday from 10.30 a.m. and runs from the Embarcadero. Again, really common starting place for any parade or march or anything in the city and ends at the Civic Center. So it goes about halfway through the city. But like I said, you want to be here for that weekend because Friday, Saturday night is absolutely lit. Yeah, and, and I, th- I would have to say, I don't know if it's like underrated, but like partying in the Castro is actually like really fun. Partying in the Castro is some of the most drunk and the cheapest money yeah. I've ever spent in my life. Amen. Yeah. And people there are pretty respectful. Everyone's nice. Been, Everyone's been, fantastic. Definitely been like, I'm straight. And they're just like, are you cool. sure? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> and if, if you really want to do Pride in all of California, you can go to LA Pride first, which is in early June. Uh, and then just stay in California for Pride in SF, which is late June. So now that we made it halfway through the year, I want to get into our bad break. Cool. So our bad break. So I have a couple of facts here, but I'm going to start with one. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with a question, which is, can, can you guys guess how old the oldest bar in San Francisco is? When did Red Dead Redemption take place? <laughs> 1895. When was the gold rush? I think that's uh, 1850. 40, 49ers, right? Yeah, Gold Rush is 1848. Yeah. So, yeah. 162. I'm going to combine my knowledge of Back to the Future Part 3 and Red Dead Redemption <laughs> and say 1885. You guys are both really close. Uh, it's 170 years old. It's 1851. The oldest bar in San Francisco is 170 years, years old. The name of the bar is the Old Ship Saloon. And it's a bar made out of the hull of a ship. It's like near the Transamerica building. Exactly. Hmm. So the Old Ship Saloon is a bar made out of the hull of a ship named Arkansas, which crashed into Alcatraz in 1849. It was then towed to the Barbary Coast area of San Francisco, where it currently resides. And it's still an operational bar today and celebrating 170 years this year. The second fact I want to deliver as part of our bad break, the Barbary Coast area of San Francisco was a red light district during the gold rush that had dance halls, bars, jazz clubs, and brothels. Hmm. I wonder if... uh... I wonder if that area was predominantly Doctor. immigrants. Oh, 
or white. So that area was like just bordering Chinatown and it still is, right? That whole area. It's like right. Yeah, yeah, Stockton, like that whole area. So it's really close to Chinatown. So Chinatown's a little more inland and the Barbary Coast area used to be all landfill and used to be where like where like the people would just like hang out, go to dance halls and jazz clubs and stuff like that. Oh, gotcha. That's where this specific ship was hauled to and they made a bar out of. It's funny because like Stockton, the street that I'm assuming that it's that it was yeah, on, correct, is just full of like gentlemen establishments. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, if you know right. what I mean. Welcome back from the bad break. Let's take a shot before we explore the rest of the year. Let's do it. Cheers, boys. Cheers, cheers mates. And cheers to you, our baddies. We should always drink on the episodes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let's get back into it. It's the back half of the year, right? We're in summer, which is July, which is Independence Day. That's probably the biggest for those in us in the US. Uh, July 4th is probably the biggest holiday in that period. But I did want to talk about a quote that's commonly attributed to Mark Twain, but it's actually not proven to be Mark Twain. The quote is, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. Now, it's a really clever quote, and it's kind of partially true. Because even though June and July here in San Francisco may seem like what you see on music videos about California, but it's cold as shit. It's probably like 50, 60 degrees here in San Francisco. But that being said, it doesn't really stop us from celebrating July 4th. So do you guys have any fun July 4th Independence Day stories? Dude, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the most fun 4th of July parties we've ever had were at like your house or your parents' house. Oh yeah, that was pretty... I don't want to talk about it. This is the so for those who are visiting San Francisco, I will say this. There's not necessarily a lot of things to do per se during July 4th. There's a lot of places you can reserve and cook out at. So I think the stereotype about Independence Day is, you know, you want to do a cookout, do some barbecue, stuff like that. You can actually rent grills and reserve grills in Golden Gate Park, which is in the middle of San Francisco, and get a grill and grill out there and just have people around and stuff like that. Throw Fisbury around, just throw football around, do very Independence Day type stuff. But it's hard. It's tough. There's not a lot of spots that are open. It's hard to get a reservation. Um, so cold. I would actually recommend it. And it's cold. That's the other thing. That's what I'm telling you. I'm warning you, if you're coming to the city for July, do not expect to be in shorts and a tank top in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. 100%. Yeah. That's good advice. You guys actually go out for like July 4th? Because I feel like... When I was like, spending with you guys. I don't, okay. I don't know why you're asking yeah, me. <laughs> okay. it's, either, it's either that or you're using the three-day weekend to travel. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Because I, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't do anything like besides like hang hang out with you guys, I guess. Yeah, I feel like we just we always get like a grill outside of the city because that's like yeah. the pro move, right? You go to San Mateo or like another suburb where it's going to be warmer, grab a grill, and then everyone just posts up, drinks beer, and yeah. hangs out. And I feel like that's the move anywhere. Let's be real. Last note on that. Fireworks are illegal in California. That's why so you go don't to Pacifica. Get it's true. Me and my family used to go to Pacifica. Well, like it was like a family friend's place. Yeah. And then um, we would just go out there and then just buy fireworks from the little little stands that are yeah. out there and they just light it out in this sidewalk. But th- there are there are rules. Like you can't fly in the air and stuff like that. But funny enough, a lot of fire wildfires in California started that way. So be careful when lighting, fire, lighting fireworks in California. Yeah, man. Have an emergency plan. Have things on standby when, you're, when you're putting those things off. All right. So this was like way before like... This is when I was in like middle school. I haven't done it in a long You don't got to defend yourself. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you just, just bring a lot of beer. <laughs> My tip is just bring a lot of beer. In the case that your fire starts to get out of control, you can spray the beer everywhere. If it doesn't, <laughs> at least you can drink it. <laughs> That's totally not an appropriate way to prevent fires. So just don't follow that advice. Guys. <laughs> or, or drink the beer, then pee on it. <laughs> 
That brings us to August, which is probably my favorite event in San Francisco, which is Outside Lands. So Outside Lands is, always takes place in the second week of August, and it's a three-day music festival in San Francisco. It started in 2008 with Radiohead as one of its first headliners, but it's housed everyone from Sam Smith to Childish Gambino. It's been one of my favorite festivals to go to just because it's local and it's super chill. I would say, again, referencing back to pretty much any other month in San, in San Francisco, you have to bring a jacket. <laughs> it's never a festival that you're going to be in shorts and a t-shirt. If you're used to Coachella or any other festival like that, it's not like that. You got to bring layers. What do you guys think? Yeah. Bring a Patagonia vest that is... Uh... Don't bring a Patagonia vest. <laughs> <laughs> North, Face jacket, North Face jacket at best. It's funny because I've only gone there like twice for free. Well, I, I guess it'd be more like 1.2 times. Because like the first time I went, me and my friends, Daniel was there, but yep. he left too early. Yeah, um, I did. We were hanging out outside and we were basically, when people were leaving, because it, like, it was like Sunday and people weren't going to use the tickets. So we just kept asking people can we have your wristbands? Eventually someone let us in. It was like an old couple uh, let us have their like wristbands to go in. And then the second time I got in for free was I scored it like a free VIP one day ticket, which was pretty dope. That's and I kind of went there by myself. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah, for sure. I definitely um, kind of share that experience where, I mean, that first time that we went, it was really cool because Outside Lands is in Golden Gate Park, which means it's like a really, really big public area. And it's kind of impossible to kind of like guard all the fences or and all the hills, right? For right. for all the volunteers and the police force. And so we kind of just parked it and walked up to a really high hill. And I remember that we were actually able to see Zed play for his entire set. It wasn't like the best view. It was we were kind of like all the way, you know, to his right kind of thing. So we couldn't see like all the lights and, and stuff like that. But it was a really cool experience just to see that for free. And and like for sure the the number one memory I have around that is that the police were coming around on horseback and they can't tell us oh, to get right. out because it's like a public area. You know what I mean? But they were just like, hey, like don't try and jump the fence. And every so often you would see someone run down, jump the fence and actually get in kind of thing. It was yeah. it was that was a time. That was a fun time. But it's funny living in that around that area, man, it is a hassle. It for all the residents. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's like, I get that. I actually thought about like parking somewhere really close. Cause I live out there and then ha holding up a sign to like sell my parking spot. You make some good money that way. I think what's crazy too. I remember um, when I went to outside lands, I was waiting in line for a porta party as you do at music festivals. And I just remember just like these three guys just like running in clearly they had just like hopped the fence and they like ran across <laughs> the tops of the porta potties. Yeah. And I wasn't in one. I just saw it happen. But I was like, I, if I was in a party, party, I'd be like freaked the fuck out. Just like, be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> this guy's like running across the top. <laughs> Have you guys ever snuck into a festival before? Uh, no, I am too much of a rule follower to do that. <laughs> Nerd. Yep. Daniel. Uh, I don't think that I have either. Oh. The most I've done is to quote unquote sneak into a club without my ID because I forgot my ID. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I don't think so. I've, I don't think I could ever get. How did you do? That? Okay, we'll talk about it later. Uh, cool. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about how to sneak into your favorite club tonight at nine. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Okay, let's move on to September. So September is actually funny enough. September is when it gets hot in San Francisco, right? You start to get the end of September, early October, Indian summer, and so a lot of people start taking to the parks in San Francisco. Uh, specifically, I would say Dolores Park and Chrissy Field. So, do you guys want to talk about a little bit of like what those places are? I don't think I've ever been in Chrissy Field. Really? Oh, wow. we should bike there. Yeah, it's actually a pretty, bike there. pretty good a bike spot. Oh, 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 there. I would oh, assume oh. you've been there. Okay, yeah, I've been to Sports Basement, which by <laughs> default, I've been to Chrissy Fields. 
Yeah. So, also, we've, we Chrissy Fields is where um, Cotopaci started. Cotopaci started. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I have been there, but not like not to walk summer around months to thing. hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really like Chrissy Fields. Me and my dad frequent Chrissy Fields on our bikes. It's a spot in the northern part of San Francisco that is waterfront, and you get like a really good view of Golden Gate Bridge. Yep. Um, and actually, if you park your car around there and and bike or walk, you can actually like hike up to Golden Gate Bridge, cross it, and then come back down to 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 Chrissy Fields and and kind of walk the rest. And so it's it's a really great spot on a nice day. And actually, oh yeah, that's where um that's where Fleet Week is too, right? Correct. Yeah. And so so when when Fleet Week is in town, you know, there's there's a ton of booths set up over there. And so it's really great in good weather, but it's pretty much always just windy AF. Yeah. So it's it's a really good spot to like fly kites and stuff like that correct but always be prepared for the wind if you're going to grizzly field and the exploratorium used to be there that's all I know. used to be there yeah that's right until it moved to um Barcadero. doug have you been to dolores park in the summer man i don't know i feel like <laughs> what I'm do really you bad. mean you don't know one that's really far uh-huh. Fair enough. <laughs> i mean I, i've definitely like gone out into like, like drinking stuff like that but have i gone like in the summer i don't know man all these months and days just kind of mend together. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I do like Dolores Park for that reason, because yeah. I feel like, you know, that atmosphere is kind of like chill. Yeah, everyone's just kind of like out there just chilling. You kind yeah. of have like your blanket. And I think actually some of like the food out there is actually like pretty good. You yeah. kind of have like buy right ice cream. Buy right is hella good. Yeah, you have. You have like Senior CC, like not that far away. You got kitchen uh, flour and water if you want to get some pizza. Actually, yeah. how far away is Kitchen Story? Kitchen Story. It's like kind of close. It's Castro, isn't it? But it's like right next to Mission Dolores. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It's not that far. Yeah, yeah. You would at least have to bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, and then you also got like tartines. Oh yeah, like... yeah, yeah. The bakery. Oh, that is a good one. It's, but the line crazy. is always hella long for tartine. That's Dude, true. It's, it's crazy because like my mom, because she like works out there. She was like she she was going there for like I, I don't well not all her life but like you know ever since she started working there like maybe right. like thirty plus years ago and then so I mean ever since that she she would always bring back like pastries back from work from there so and then one day she was just like the line's too crazy i'm not gonna go back <laughs> quick question on that if you guys had to choose between the coconut guy Ooh. and the truffle guy at mission dolores park which one would you pick i'd probably choose the coconut guy coconut guy too probably <laughs> as well not really into yeah so uh just to be <laughs> fully transparent with all of our listeners there's two famous guys that you can find roaming dolores park on a nice day there's the coconut man who carries around fresh coconuts in a cooler. And for a couple extra bucks, you can also ask for a splash of rum in your freshly cut coconut. Highly recommend. Very delicious. Very great. Now, if drinking's not your thing, and maybe you want to fly as, as high as the kites do in Chrissy Field, uh, there is a truffle man who <laughs> deals out very delicious, very artisanal truffles with a smattering, I would say, of your finest cannabis oil. So yeah, whatever your poison is, man, you can find it in Dolores Park. Tried both. Both are great, but I for sure would go co- uh, coconut guy as well. <laughs> yeah, dude. You can't really beat like fresh coconut on like a hot day. Yeah. After you finish it, you just like crack. You just, I don't know if you can crack it open, but you know, try to dig out all the, the meat. Yeah. yeah. Cause he walks around with like a, um, it's like he walks around with it in like an ice cream cart. So right. it, everything comes out super cold. It's really yeah, refreshing. Right. And a fat handle of Sailor Jerry's. Yeah. Oh, all right. It's Sailor Jerry's. I was like, I, I thought it was like SEMO, but it's not SEMO. It's, it's uh, <laughs> Sailor, it's Sailor Jerry's. Jerry's. That's right. Cool. I mean, the other thing that I think we have to mention about September is the Folsom Street Fair. Very unique to San Francisco. If you're not prepared for it, it can be very jarring. 
but it is an annual BDSM street fair, which started in 1984. Funny enough, during my research of this episode, actually it fundraises money and gives them to nonprofits. So the leather community is all about supporting the community. Dude, for one thing, that's rad. For the second thing, I actually didn't even know that existed. The Folsom really? Street Fair? I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever heard of any of our friends going there or, or anything like that. Or I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe none of our fun friends want to expose that they're into BDSM, so maybe they're not <laughs> right, actively telling us they're going. I'm just kidding. Although it is funny. I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure first time ever going near that was like when I was a kid and I was in a car with my parents. And all I remember was just looking out the window and then just seeing like a bunch of leather people. <laughs> and then I was just like, I didn't really, it didn't really dawn on to me until I actually figured out what it was. So I'm, it's either pride. Or, yeah. or Folsom Street Fair. Like I said, if, you're, if you are going to check out Folsom Street Fair, if you're into BDSM, dope. Check it out. That's probably your scene. If you're not into BDSM, but you're curious about it, uh, also check it out. But I'm going to forewarn everybody, there's a lot of leather, a lot of naked people. Yeah, I would just say just a lot of open nudity. Again, San Francisco is like the city of love, right? I mean, it's, it definitely was found during the hippie days. So just know you're going to find a lot of that during the Folsom Street Fair in September. So Folsom Street Fair 2021. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get whipped, but cool. Let's move on into October and do the fall winter time. It's funny you mentioned already, Ian, but Fleet Week is always in October. And it started in 1981 to celebrate the nation's sea services. And there's a lot of drinking, I would say, that happens in the Marina District, just because it kind of borders that area, uh, as well as the Embarcadero. But you can find cool ships docked. Uh, in the ports of San Francisco, as well as really cool flyovers by the Blue Angels and other uh, other Navy men. So I have a really funny story about Fleet Week, where I have a friend who told me that she has a friend who goes around on Fleet Week and dresses up like he's in the Navy, just so that he can go to bars and talk to women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just here for Fleet Week, you know what I'm saying? You know, me and my boys, just here to have some fun. Oh my gosh! I when when she told me that I could not stop laughing. For the I mean, that's minutes. genius if you really think about it. That is it. genius. <laughs> Fleet Week 2021. All right, as sailors, as seamen. Let me go to Spirit and find the right outfit. I'm blaming Fleet Week for the fact that I own a pair of Chubby's shorts and a shirt and Sperry's. Which <laughs> I, I, like, I like Sperry's. Oh, I liked it in high school. <laughs> which which I believe is the uh, the official Marina Bro Fleet Week outfit. Uh, we'll be doing a future episode on the different districts in San Francisco and the different stereotypes. So look out for that. But this is your little preview. Dude, I definitely was like, I had my confused face on until you said Spearies. And I was like, okay, now I know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. it's, like, it's like, it's like, it's like the five inch shorts that come halfway up your thigh, a, a polo shirt that is made of polyester and boat shoes that I have no business wearing. <laughs> Do you like chubbies? Uh, no. I mean, they're yeah. stretchy. They're super stretchy. That I do appreciate. But I, I just, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I don't know why I own them. I like chubbies but, as like swim shorts because there's less drag, I guess. But yeah, like I said, man, they're really stretchy. Yeah. I've always wanted to try a pair of chubbies. I, I, always, honestly, Doug, I feel like you would like chubbies. Uh, but I feel like it would be like a waste of money just to like try it. Nah, man. I, I, I mean, I one of my favorite shirts is from chubbies. I worked at Coachella. Yeah. I, I've never really gone to Fleet Week. It's fun. So Fleet Week 2021. All right, so now we're heading into the family holidays. November is clearly Thanksgiving. And because all of us here live in the Bay, uh, I want to talk about what the city is like during the Thanksgiving holiday. Now, for me, I personally feel like it really clears out the city because of the number of transplants that live in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I feel like during Thanksgiving time, we start to see a lot of the city empty out. Interestingly enough, did you know that Thanksgiving is the number one 
holiday where people travel home, not Christmas. Really? I feel like it would be Christmas. You feel like it'd be Christmas, but actually the number one traveled holiday to go home is actually Thanksgiving. Maybe because not everybody celebrates Christmas. I guess not everyone oh, would celebrate Thanksgiving either, but Christmas falls on like a very nice sort of like long weekend. Cause if you get like, you know, if you get Christmas on like a Thursday or a Friday, then you also get New Year's on the also Friday. Oh, yeah. So you get kind of like almost like two weeks off. I feel like a lot of people like to travel during that period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what is, what is Thanksgiving like for you guys in your households? For me, it's a lot of food. I usually, I usually have like Thanksgiving dinner with like my immediate family, Thanksgiving dinner with like my extended family. Thanksgiving dinner with my girlfriend's family, or at least I try to, depending on like time and date. But, and then I'll maybe have like Thanksgiving with like my friends. And then we'll try to like go to Black Friday shopping, but we won't really buy anything, but we'll just drink in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, holiday season is, is just a lot of driving for me because like my dad's side of the family is all in the city, San Francisco. And all of my mom's side of the family is in the East Bay. And so, you know, usually we'll try and do like, early dinner at one side and then try and make it to like the later part of the evening for the other side. And so I'm not like necessarily complaining about it. Like it's, it's always fun and good to see both sides of the family, but it's, there's definitely like a little bit of logistical thinking that has to go into it, but it's fun. It's a good time seeing all my cousins and aunties and uncles. I'm blessed to have a big family for sure. Yeah. That's dope. I have a really small family. So for me, it's just to make my parents and my brothers or our Thanksgiving have always been really small. I think we used to do thir- turkey for a while it's because it was like the thing to do. But, you know, doing a whole last turkey for four people is, is like a lot of work. So I think for a while, after a while, we started to either do uh, just like steaks or we would do like a, a prime rib um, that we do in the oven or maybe even just like a holiday ham or something like that. We just order because it's just a lot easier. One thing that I think is actually really interesting and unique that I haven't done, but I really want to do and I'd be, I want to see if you guys are down to do it for a Friendsgiving is that you can actually get a turkey, but get it Peking duck style. Oh yeah, I did that one year. You've done that? Is it good? Uh, I mean, it's our. I'm it's not, right. I'm not by default. I'm not like a huge fan of like turkey. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, like I eat it. Although, if you if you actually do it, like I guess this is a tip for anybody. But if you ever cook the turkey for Thanksgiving, because I did it one year, you should do this thing called spatchcock. It yeah, makes when you the, open it all the way up. Yeah, you like kind of like crush it, kind of. Yeah. Or you don't crush it, but you like flatten it out. But yeah. it makes the turkey so much better. You, yeah. you can get a spatchcock peking duck style turkey i think it's all right you think it's all right <laughs> yeah lie. i mean well maybe that's something we'll have to try maybe we'll live stream it when we we try it <laughs> for sure this year on twitch but yeah maybe something we can all look forward to and the last month of course december we got to talk about christmas in the bay area and what kind of one of the big events are so one of the things i want to talk about is christmas in the park which is in san jose happens every year and the tradition started back in 1950 with uh, a single nativity display built by a family man don lima since then it's grown to be a community celebration in the heart of downtown san jose at the plaza del cesar chavez and the two acre park has transformed into a holiday fantasy with over 40 musical animated exhibits glittering lights and a 50 foot community giving tree and it's free for the community to attend it's a really really awesome display to go check out have you guys ever been to christmas in the park in san jose I have. I have too. Do you feel like it's somewhere that you would want to go again, though? <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a naysayer. Wait, have you gone, Han? I have gone, yeah. Oh, I've driven okay. I've driven past it. Okay. To be totally real. When you're, I had like the same thing as like what Jim said. I mean, it's cool to like check out once, right? Yeah. It's kind of like the Alameda County Fair, right? Right. It's cool to see once, but then like I went once and then it's cool, kind of gets you in like Christmas spirit, but at the right. same time, just like, 
you see, you see it once you kind of seen it every year gotcha they don't it's not really they don't really do much to change it but i think like probably like as a family with like kids yeah, yeah. it's probably cool kind of like the same thing with like i don't know where it is but like the like street of lights or i don't know where that is oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know stuff like that which is cool as like as a family yeah for sure um, with your kids and stuff like that yeah. or like a date i mean i went on a date to christmas in the park but... <laughs> yeah i mean christmas in the park like okay I perhaps like that, that first comment that I made threw it off a little bit, but I will say like the fun thing to do there is definitely like, you know, you go dress warm, you know, you buy your really fancy hot chocolate at one of the stalls, take a look at all the Christmas trees that they have like set up there that different like people and companies have set up. And it is a really cute thing to do. And, and definitely like what Doug said is that like, if you have families, right. Or if you're going with your family, there's like rides and there's little games yeah. that you can win for prizes and stuff like that. And I guess where I was coming from with that initial comment was that it's while all those things are good, it's definitely not like, I want to say like super, super well-funded. So it kind of feels like once you've seen it once, it's, yeah. it's going to be something similar um, in the next year. Not to, not to bash on it. It's definitely, it's definitely cool to see, but don't expect for it to like change too much like year over year. Yeah. Good point. Actually, yeah. you know what, you know, something I just realized I totally missed and related to the Christmas season, but not in the same month. The day after Thanksgiving is when the tree in Union Square in front of Macy's gets lit. Am, am, is that right? Yeah. You, you guys don't know what I'm talking about, right? The giant Christmas tree that sits in like Union yeah. Square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never gone to the tree lighting. I've gone to the tree lighting once. For, so the, for those that don't know, uh, I know New York has Rockefeller Square and like the big Christmas tree there. But in San Francisco, if you want to see a Christmas tree lighting, and you happen to be in the area. The day after Thanksgiving, there is a Christmas tree lighting in front of Macy's in Union Square in San Francisco. Yeah, there's also a um, ice skating rink right next yeah. to it in Union Correct. Square. I've never done that one, but I have, for uh, for the very first time, done the one down on the Embarcadero. Right. Those are uh, those are the two year. those are the two big ice skating rinks during the there during the holiday season, right? Yeah, yeah. The Embarcadero one was really good because I think it was a little bigger. But the yeah. one in Union Square is like it's cool because it's in Union Square yeah, and it's right. next to this big ass tree, so you feel really festive. <laughs> but it is a little smaller and more crowded. It's true. Now, to kind of go more on the drinking side of things, have you guys ever participated in SantaCon? No, but I've always wanted to. Me yeah, too. So are same. we doing that this year? 2021 SantaCon? Is that what we're Wait, doing? When is it? Because I, I feel like I've always missed it because like usually during like these types of holidays, I'm usually very involved with my family or like immediate family and my extended family. So, oh, and then obviously like my girlfriend's family. So it's usually like, I, th- I feel like it's on a Friday or something that I've always missed it because I'm with family. No sacrifice, no victory. I go sacrifice. So for family. those that don't <laughs> so for those that don't know, SantaCon is a convention of Santas. So both men and women dressed up like Santa run around San Francisco dressed up doing a pub crawl through the city. Again, I've never done it, uh, but I would love to do it with you guys. So let's definitely do that this year or yes. whenever it's available. Definitely. Dude, you know what I've always wanted to do? I had an old coworker who told me about this thing called the Twelve Pubs of Christmas. Oh, and essentially, an awesome name. Think of it like a impromptu it's not like a legit thing but it's like a impromptu pub crawl with your friends i love it where you guys all have to like do something so it's like you go to the first bar right and then it's like someone will create like the list of things to do and one of the things he told me that he did when he created it was like one of the funnier things he did was like everybody had to go into the bathroom and take a a drink with each other inside the bathroom so you just had so you had like a bunch of friends in the bathroom with like a shot and just taking a drink inside the bar that's dirty. That's nasty. But <laughs> if you it come up with a list of bars and what the drinks are, I'm definitely down. All right. Let's do it. And I guess if our listeners want to join, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Let that us know if you want to come join us on a, on a 12 drink 
pub crawl in the San Francisco area. You probably have like <laughs> one person show up. <laughs> and it's just like us, everyone guy or girl. Well, thanks guys. That was a fun journey through the city. And, and again, thank you so much for sharing your stories, your thoughts. And if you're a li- one of our listeners, if you're ever in town during any of these months that you can catch some of these unique and some not so unique events in the Bay. I feel like we totally skipped Halloween. Oh, fuck, we did. <laughs> Halloween's not really a big thing in the city, I feel like. Yeah, or at least we've never done really anything big for Halloween. 100% it used to be. Yeah. But when I was in high school, I think it was either in the Castro or in the Mission or something. Like that. I don't really remember. But yeah. I know it was like huge. And then someone got murdered. And then the city Ooh. shut it down. Anyways. Yeah. So with that, let's get into our last rapid fire of season one. Y'all ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's make it fast. Bars or clubs? Clubs. Yeah, I feel like I've had more fun at clubs. I've if I'm being honest. Too. If you're really into dive bars, San Francisco might be your spot, but that's not yeah. really my jam. Except for Tempest. Clear liquor or dark liquor? Dark, unless you want to see me get nasty. Just <laughs> kidding. But I do get sick on light, so. <laughs> oh, that kind of nasty. Yeah, probably dark. Uh, I'm going to say dark, too. Beer or hard alcohol? Uh, that's a tough one. I'm kind of like get the job done. I'm going to go liquor. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like an impartial to both. I, I can enjoy both. I guess it depends uh, hard, on the weather, huh? Hard alcohol oh, yeah, has too. less calories. So I'm going to go hard alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am that dude. White wine or red wine? Full-bodied reds. You can't tell me otherwise. Like a two-buck chuck guy myself. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, what they Frenzia. call. You are what they call me. Uh, oh, crap. I forgot what it's called. A cheap drunk? <laughs> uh, what is the guy that like? A sommelier. Like, yeah, they, they call me a sommelier. That's not what it's called. <laughs> um, have you guys ever played Slap the Bag? Yeah. I have not. Yes. You guys wow. need to introduce me to that. And last one is, what's your favorite cocktail? Probably old-fashioned, if I'm being honest. Like that sugar. I kind of like mojito, man. It's, it's like hella refreshing. Or like a, what is it? Gin and tonic. That's actually tonic. not bad. I actually like that. Yeah, mojito is the shit, though. You get a little crushed up lime. You get a little sugar yeah. in there. It's refreshing as shit. Oh, pina colada. It's getting worse uh, and worse. I th- as basic as it sounds, man, I love Mai Tais, dude. Mai Tais are my shit. I always feel like I'm on a beach somewhere. Though, oh. there's a ton of random alcohol in there, so it always gets me really fucked up. AMFs and uh, Long Island. How old are you? <laughs> I like that purple drink or that blue drink. That shit will mess you up, bro. All right, y'all. Thank you again for listening to our first season of The Bad Podcast. We really hope you enjoyed our listening to our stories and we hope to hear yours. See you guys in season two. Peace. Bye. Reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at 3AD Podcast. We know how precious time is these days. So we want to thank you for spending some of your time with us. As you go on into tomorrow, go on unapologetically, go on as a positive force, and most importantly, go on with your bad self.